Hello pals and welcome to another fantastic episode of Sal's Talk. We have a great show for you Mr. Chaz Gords is here. Wow what a good get Johnny is definitely stepping up his game. Speaking of game stepping up have you all seen these elk on the stairs? Jesus Christ Johnny who is writing this fucking copy? How dare you put this poison on my lips. Start the fucking show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. Give you another big episode of Sauce Talk. On the other line, our treasured guest is Charlie Yorty. Charlie, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Johnny. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Can't complain. And I also can't wait to ask you this first oh-so-important question. Charlie, eat anything good lately? I ate too much of these homemade chocolate cupcakes with homemade peanut butter frosting my oh, mom made boy. for my birthday. Uh, she, it was a great treat, but really like something you could probably do with like one of, and she brought a dozen of them. <laughs> these were like big boy, like muffin-sized cupcakes. Oh, wow pretty ridiculous i ate a lot of those uh that was pretty good last night stacy and i went to valentine's dinner since it was weirdly on a sunday night but also the night before a day that i had off so we went out to dinner at an italian restaurant with uh pretty good social distancing policies and i had tortellini alla fratelli which is the name of the restaurant fratelli's and that was really good cheese filled tortellini sounds great um Going two very very different, but also very like hearty good things to eat. Are you a big chocolate and peanut butter guy? Is that is that something your mom made because she knows that's like your favorite thing, or is that just what happened to happen? I do like peanut butter a lot and peanuts in general, so I think that's probably where that came from. I'm not necessarily like a huge chocolate person or really a huge dessert person, so that's honestly enough dessert for me for like the rest of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. I was thinking about it the other day, and like as far as flavors go, like I'm not, I'm also I like chocolate and peanut butter, but it's not I don't necessarily seek that out. Just peanut butter in general is so far up the list for like what I am excited to see in something as an ingredient. Do you want to talk about that tortellini anymore? It had cream sauce. Tell me about that cream sauce. It was real creamy. Yeah, very creamy. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So, is the are you a fan? Do you tend towards the uh, the stuffed pastas? Are you usually looking for that tortellini ravioli, or is this just what happened to sound good because the restaurant's name was that? <laughs> good question. Um, I'm kind of ambivalent on a lot of fancier Italian dishes. Like, I'm not usually stuffed or baked pasta kind of person. I would basically never make that just because I would always just make you know, pasta with sauce on it uh, for myself. But if you're going to do like one thing, so I'm, like, I'm never going to order lasagna at an Italian restaurant. I'm just not that big of a fan. I'm not going to not eat lasagna. It's just, I would always pick something else over it. Mm -hmm. but the tortellini, it's, it's almost the same as like pasta with cheese on it. It's just the cheese is in it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think I've said on this podcast a million times before, I'm always a mark for when the restaurant tells you what to order. And damn, if they put their name in one of the dishes, they're kind of telling you, like, hey, this is the one here. If, we, if you just want to ask us what do we stand behind, 
we put our damn name on this one, it better be good. It was good. And it was good. So it worked out great. Um, I, I like the, the stuffed stuff, I think, more in theory than in practice, perhaps. I always think, like, oh, that's going to be the best. And it very frequently is not. Like you say, there's no real need. Like, if we're competently, if we're able to competently eat, we can probably figure out, like, I like cheese, so I'll get some cheese in this bite. I don't have to have them put the cheese in the bites for me. Uh, you would think at least, and then also that way you can you can measure it out. Like, oh, this one's got a lot of cheese; it'll be extra good. This one's just got a little. Whereas, tortellini, you're just, you're just locked in. But uh, when it hits, it can hit really hard. I always uh, enjoy a cheese ravioli. I used to uh, be into when I was a kid, and you'd get like the Chef Boyardee stuff. I'd be like, oh yeah, that beef ravioli is what's good, and I would, that's its own garbage thing. But then, like, it took me a while as an adult to realize, like, I just do not, did not like, like, a big meat-filled piece of pasta. And that, I just, it would always, like, oh, it'll be just like Chef Boyardee. Like, it, it's a different thing. It's kind of just gross, I think. It's not, like, the way to get the amount of meat you want. It's, it's, it was always too much, I thought. I think that's why I'm not big on, like, lasagna, because there's something about a lot of Italian dishes that I like that you can have sort of, you know, a little bit of a bite of this and that. If you have like a chunk of tomato, a chunk of mushroom, a chunk of chicken or whatever is in mm. your pasta dish. And you can kind of enjoy these different, like maybe somewhat more or less delicate elements and different flavors and the sauce and everything. Uh, so if it turns into just like a clump or a block of food, like you're just, it's almost like you're chomping through like a giant casserole or something. <laughs> and that just doesn't, it totally loses all of those other cool qualities. I also just don't have, like, the courage to go after a big lasagna, especially at a restaurant. I know that at some point I am not going to do a good job, and I'm, like, going to not get my knife or fork all the way through one of the layers, and then I'm just going to smear everything across the plate. And it's all going to, like, now I, now I don't even have a lasagna anymore. I just have bad pasta. So uh, if I'm at home and somebody makes me a lasagna, I'm always going to enjoy it and, and like it. But at a restaurant, I'm never going to pick it because I know I'm not very good at eating it. Maybe I overstated things when I was talking about like my base level competence in eating. Maybe I'm just bad with a knife and fork, and I should not assume otherwise. All chopsticks now. I bet I bet you do pretty well with the chopsticks. Do you enjoy the chopsticks? I, I really think they're fun, and I think I'm fairly good. The fact that I can eat rice with them uh, to me is like basically high end. That's as high end as I need to get. I have friends who like cook with chopsticks and shit. I'm not trying to do that. So like like literally like in the pan like moving the stuff yeah. around so that like oh well this side's not quite done so I'll turn this a quarter to I can't even eat with the chopsticks I just I, it never stuck I kind of used to be able to do it and then I fell out of practice and now I can't do anything and I'm just gonna accept I need the fork no matter what I can't do anything else it's not I'm not proud of this I prefer it not be the case but it is the case I can't do it. Uh, our next topic, I I think this will be a good one. This will be a fun one. It's called, uh, Remember When We Went to New Orleans? Hell yeah, boy. Well, you, you answered the first question. You do remember, so that's good. I can check that out. Because if you didn't remember this segment, I guess it would be a fun segment. I could just tell you about things we did, and you'd be like, ah, oh, it does sound fun. But instead, we can actually talk about some of the things. Uh, I wrote down uh, three major concepts. 
of things I remember from the trip. So I want to start with, if you just wanted to talk about three major things from the trip, what would they be? And let's see if they're similar to my list. Uh, the dungeon. I can tell you that is number one on my list. <laughs> uh, Frosé all day. Ah, oh, I, I did not include Frosé all day. It's entirely my error. But, uh, yes, yeah, Frosé all day, excellent. Uh, 115 degrees as a high. I... I think the judges will accept this. My number three is fucking hot-ass swamp. Yeah, that's uh, what I meant. That is, it was so preposterously hot and the most humidity imaginable. Every time, like, oh, we have to walk six blocks. You just, by the end of it, you know you're going to be crawling. It's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. It's too hot. Fourth of July weekend in New Orleans. Maybe not peak season, but we, <laughs> we, we did it up anyway. Um, I have one more thing on my list. Uh, big boat ride. I have you frozen again, Charlie. Damn it. Um, unfrozen. I can... Nope, I'm not getting... Can you hear me again? Yep, I can hear you now. Sorry, I think I lost my audio right after you finished yep, the uh, heat. Okay. Uh, so let's jump back to... You said hot ass swamp, not peak season. Perhaps not peak season. The other thing I have uh, on my list: big boat ride. Remember, we went on a big oh, boat yeah. ride. I was trying to figure out what my third fun thing would be because the heat index was not a fun thing. <laughs> Frosé, getting the Frozevelt and getting the uh, dungeon, going to the dungeon were two fun things. So a third fun thing was definitely the boat. Uh, probably above just regular bar hopping and above going to just a whole bunch of different bars. They were all fun, but the boat was was really awesome. It was fun when that guy came up and wanted to talk about history, like the guy who they we then extensively speculated about what he's like in his real life. I forgot about that guy, but the guy was really cool. He was really excited about history. And like yeah. the moment you gave him anything, he instantly perked up and was like, oh, well, yeah, I can talk more about that. And I'm sure he was just like wandering around the boat and everybody was like, okay, nerd, get lost. And then there was another history guy who wanted to talk about some history and he was thrilled and he was really nice, but also I couldn't get a real read on who he was as a person, which I, not to say that my read is always correct, but usually I feel like I have a read on who someone is. And this guy just, I couldn't, I couldn't make heads or tails of him. Uh, do you think that guy is still down there? I mean, they, they probably aren't doing those boat rides right now. Yeah, I hope that he's found something to do. Maybe he started a history podcast or something. Boy, that'd be... It's going to be hard to Google Guy from the Boat New Orleans podcast, but I hope <laughs> if there... I would love it if he had a podcast that I could find, and then it'd be like it'd be like my Going to Sleep podcast, because he was just so chill and nice and excited about history. He could, he could escort me to Dreamland every single night of the week. Didn't... When we were on the boat, didn't we speculate that maybe he comes across as very just earnest naive, nerdy, innocent guy on the boat, but secretly he goes to the dungeon all the time. Like, full <laughs> like, gimp suit in one of those cages. I was just going to say, you don't recognize him because he has the gimp mask on. That's that's exactly it. He has to hide his alter ego. No one can know I am history nerd, but also I am cage man. Um, <laughs> yeah, the dungeon has a lot going for it. How about, the, uh, just alone as a memory, 
the guy who tried to steal the tip off the bar and almost got his ass destroyed. Remember that guy? What an idiot. And like the waitress was, the, the bartender was plainly just watching him because she knew like this guy is a disaster and going to do something. And then he, what did he claim? He, he had some story. I didn't notice it as well as you did. You had, had to tell me. I was right next to it. I want to say he claimed he was like going to make change or something, which is not <laughs> acceptable. You can't just, just because there's money around doesn't mean you can use it to make change. And also no one believes you. All anyone saw was you grabbing someone else's tip off the bar and put, pulling it towards yourself. But uh, she like legit wanted to come over and I think beat him to death. So it's good that, I mean, I got, I'd say it's 50-50 that guy's dead now. I don't think that guy was <laughs> living right. I think he was taking the wrong chances. You mean like the guy that uh, is now dead who was famous for throwing up on like a little kid at a baseball game or whatever? <laughs> yeah. It's like if that's the only fact you know about someone and you're like an actuary and you look at it, it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to say this guy has a high risk to insure. I'm gonna, your, your lifespan is zilch because you're doing the wrong things. Um, it is too. It is too bad about the guy who threw up on the family. Uh, I did. I think I do like that as a concept. It is a good way to punish. I like when you punish people by hurting yourself. Like when you like you're like you give yourself a problem, but you also know it will be a problem for someone else. And like even if the problem for them is less than yours, that just demonstrates your commitment to hurting them. It's like I care so little for myself and so much for inconveniencing you that all that matters is the, the slight negative that will come from uh, <laughs> me vomiting on you and your child. Uh, I also wrote, this is the side thing. This is like a subsection under fucking hot ass swamp. I also remember just the general uh, stank, especially uh, one morning Gina and I were out for a walk at like 7 a.m. or something. And so the streets were empty, but still full of trash from the night before because they don't really get cleaned up and everything just gets kicked around. I didn't see any uh, in person, but I have seen videos of like the rats that come out mm. in the morning after everyone has departed and just enjoy the remnants of the festivities from the night before. If I had seen that, I don't think I'd be able to handle it. I'm not great with that stuff. Uh, do I go back? Do you, do you, do you oh, miss yeah. I want to go back and do it again. I think about it. Uh, go ahead. It would probably be better to go when it was cooler. I do. Yeah, I, that's an important note. I do not want to go back at the height of summer. I would think I'd prefer to not do the trip again than go back then. But in general, I, I right now it's probably better than here. I'm sure it's not great, but everywhere's better than here. But I bet in like a month, it'll be really nice there most of the time. Yeah. Um, there's ways to do it. So, yeah, this this might not sound... I know we've talked a lot about gross and weird stuff we saw, but for one thing, I like seeing gross and weird stuff. Back before COVID times, I went to bars all the time up here. I never saw anybody stealing tips off the bar and almost getting their ass killed. So I, I got to go to where the action is. That The action is not in Minneapolis. It's in New Orleans. Yeah. And there's no dungeon here. You got, you got a dungeon out there in Virginia? Unfortunately, no. Only my basement. <laughs> well, personal, I mean, we all have our own personal dungeons that are, have, I, but do you have like a, 
all metal jukebox in your personal dungeon? No, just a tailgate speaker. <laughs> One tailgate speaker. And then like seven people tied to the walls crying, wishing that Charlie would charge the tailgate speaker and let us listen to some music again. Yeah, you didn't ask me about whether I have cages and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, actually, do you, do you want to know how that historian from the boat is? I can go downstairs and check in on him. Yeah, he probably <laughs> needs some water anyway. <laughs> it's been at least three days. Um, that's been our New Orleans topic. We're going to New Orleans again really soon. I'm very excited. Oh, let's, actually, before we step ahead, Gina and I talk about this. We're like, man, we got COVID's going to be over. We got to go back to the New Orleans and do this or hang out with Charlie and all that, do a cool trip. And then we think, like, is there another place you'd go? And then we never, I don't even know what it would be. If, like, Katrina 2 happens and New Orleans is wiped off the map and you got to go someplace else, where, where else would you go? Where would you expect to have an experience like this? Um, it's not going to be the city experience, but I still really want to go back to do the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky again. As you say, very different trip, but I also think that would be absolutely outstanding. I, yeah. yeah, it's it's got uh, pretty falls, and it's super inexpensive for the most part. Um, there's enough stuff to do. I mean, if you like need to be in a cosmopolitan place, no, but if you're okay with distillery tours... There's a couple of history things. There's like a crazy uh, thoroughbred racetrack called Keeneland. Um, I mean, and you can go to this Louisville, which is a real city kind of. <laughs> Louisville Slugger Factory is there, and they do tours. Do you think that's what it says on like the Chamber of Commerce letterhead? A real city, a real kind, city of? kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it is sad. I believe, if my recollection is correct, we had established a good deal of momentum for like our group doing a bourbon trail trip last fall and then instead the world fell apart uh so i I didn't like that as much i think that brings us to our next segment charlie what sauce are you bringing to the table this week well it's embarrassing oh boy because it's not i'm not sure it's a real thing (laughs) Is this like from Harry Potter or something? <laughs> no, that would be much better. <laughs> oh, uh, I should I should lower my sights then. Imaginary Harry Potter sauce that tastes like boogers. Okay. That would be way better than <laughs> what I have. What I have is I'm working through this pack of like uh uh like ketchup, mustard, relish, and other sauce from the instead of Costco around here they have BJ's. So I got this thing and came with a, a squeeze bottle of mayo chip, craft mayo chip, which is like half mayonnaise and half ketchup, I guess. And I looked at the, like, tubs of this or the, the large, like, plastic. It's like a shrink wrap, like, four-pack of these fairly big bottles. And I realized that this shit was only going to be good for, like, or, like, the expiration date was, like, six months after I bought it. And that's... It's pretty quick for me to go through, like, a giant thing of mayo chip. Coming from, like, one of these big wholesale stores, yeah, it's not like a little bottle. You got, like, a gallon of this stuff, probably, or some crazy thing. But I do like it, so I'm trying to – I've been using it on burgers and then using it on fries when I have burgers and fries, and it's pretty good. But it's kind of embarrassing because it's something that you can obviously just create from mayonnaise and ketchup whenever you want, and you don't need to buy a discreet bottle of it. Is is it – a good version of mayonnaise mixed with ketchup? I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, uh, 
I might not be that picky, I guess. Well, that's at least a good start because I remember they used to, maybe they still do, they used to sell the peanut butter and jelly in the same jar. And it Ooh. seems so fun, but it's the worst peanut butter you've ever had. And then the jelly is like, shouldn't even count as jelly because it's so bad. So like you're, it's, it's unnecessary. And then it's a, you got a worse version of the thing. So boy, did you not get anything? Sounds like you've got, a, you got something better than that. At least like it is as crazy as this may sound. You can fuck up mixing up mayonnaise and ketchup, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is too much of one or the other, or I didn't do a good job. I think there is some value. Now, I don't know if I want a BJ-sized jug of it in my kitchen that I have no choice but to like, well, I was going to grab some shots of vodka tonight, but I'm out of vodka. I got a lot of mayo chip to get through, so down the fucking hatch we go. I don't need to I don't ever sell it. It's not like insane-sized, but just like... How many different kinds of meals do I even use this on? And then how much do I use when I do use it? I'm talking about like if I make burgers, even if I made burgers once every two weeks, which I don't think I do, and I'm putting down maybe four tablespoons of it if I'm dipping fries in it even, like it's going to take a while to get through this thing that's like, I don't know, 20 ounces of it maybe or whatever. I normally... Don't like normally when I think of a good idea, it is mine own and I, I take it and run with it. And I don't, I, it's, it's mine to do with as I please. But as a gift to you, I'll give you my blessing. You can have this. You should make a sauce talk offshoot podcast where every week you make a dish and substitute mayo chup in place of a sauce that should be in it. Week one, you're making a lasagna. I think it'd be fucking great. Smash it. Ratings boom. I, I foresee a lot of thrown out food. <laughs> two bites. Nope. That was a waste of two hours. <laughs> Every Everyone, like you just end with, like, you give it a grade. It's like, well, this was another F. Just straight F. I didn't eat it. Shouldn't have made it. This episode is three minutes long. It just It's mostly me saying how I made this and then saying, you know how it sounds bad? That's, that's right. Bad. So... Tonight we're making Gordon Ramsay's Beef Wellington, but instead of a <laughs> mushroom and chestnut sell, I'm using mayo chip. And after I finish cooking my $80 worth of beef tenderloin, I bite <laughs> the first and I just shove the whole thing into the trash. <laughs> I, I think it would be a ratings bonanza. I think that everybody would be falling all over themselves to get in there. Get some delicious mayo. Now, do they have mayo chop? Do you, is that the best possible? Like, I don't mean the word. Are there other sauce like mayo and mustard are popular together? There's a famous Mister Show sketch where they talk about all of these different versions of mayo and mustard in the same jar that I remember fondly. Um, are there other sauces in the same jar you'd be interested in? in purchasing i'll tell you one thing that maybe other people wouldn't think sounds good but i used to like it you remember that place called i think it was famous dave's barbecue and mm -hmm. champagne yep. is that the one that was in like a red barn yes i think that's right i would get like the the chicken tender salad there instead of like real barbecue uh and i think it came with barbecue sauce and ranch dressing, and I would put them both in there, and that shit was good. I, now, 
I, that is very similar to what I was going to suggest. Um, uh, but first off, I think barbecue and ranch, especially if you've got a, a sweeter barbecue sauce, I think there's a lot of good compliments and flavor there. You can get a, a, a wide range of taste all in one and with a, a chicken finger type thing. That's like it'd probably be really good. I have come to find, I, I talked at a, several episodes back, uh, someone else brought up this sauce and I talked about my fondness for it, which is just a horseradish so- sauce. I couldn't say horseradish sauce then and I still can't now. <laughs> uh, my diction classes are a complete waste of time. Mm-hmm. I have found that I also really like barbecue sauce and horseradish sauce mixed together. Mm. I think Sounds that good. it's a good pairing and then you get that that horseradish sauce flavor is still very overwhelming, but it, it does balance it out. So if you're putting that on like a veggie burger or something like that for me or a regular cheeseburger or anything like that, I'm sure you dip fries in it the same way. If you, Especially if you like horseradish sauce, but you think it's a little overpowering, which is true for a lot of people, this would be a way to to, to, to spread the gospel to the masses. Everybody can, we can all enjoy horseradish sauce in our own way if we really put our minds to it. I really like horsey sauce from Arby's, and Great so I stuff. buy horseradish sauce now and then to do something like roast beef with horseradish sauce. But even like the off-the-shelf, just like craft horseradish, creamy horseradish sauce, is way too spicy for me. Horseradish, I, I guess it is telling about horseradish in that even what you like as you described, like the plain craft. Here comes some horseradish sauce is still so overpowering and like the the regular spicy versions of things like that you would expect to be very tame i guess you just can't take that that's just all horseradish is so if you take that flavor out you're now providing the customer with nothing (laughs) but it's weird i guess that's why you have to make the barbecue sauce mixed with it version when you want that because there's just no way to to tame it otherwise yeah i usually cut it with mayo if i even get it but the other thing is just like with this mayo chip even like a normal sized, like, I don't know, six ounce bottle of that creamy horseradish stuff sits in my fridge for two years. Yep. Mayo stradish. Mm-hmm. That's what we call that. Only possible combination. There's no better one. Well, now I'm curious, since mayo chip is a hit, what uh, horse ranch would be like? Or uh, uh, radish chip? I've, I've also, I think you could dip radish chips in radish chip. Holy shit. Like, doesn't that sound pretty? Isn't that about what you'd want for that kind of thing? It's like radishception. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, and also, there is, like, it sounds bad, <laughs> radish and ketchup, but, like, curry ketchup is good. Spicy ketchup is good. These other modified ketchups are very good. This could be good, too. I gotta be honest. I think horseradish, creamy horseradish sauce, mixed with ketchup, honestly, is probably way better than the actual mayo chip that is being marketed. Yeah, it sounds really good, and I do have uh, ketchup and horseradish sauce in my fridge. So hang on one minute. Oh my gosh, let's do this. Hey, everybody, while Johnny's gone, I just want to let you know that you all are beautiful people out there. You've done a great job getting through the past year. Mike, happy baby time. 
and to all those other parents out there who've been putting up with a lot of closed schools and a lot of day drinking, you know, you all are actually heroes. So those of us who haven't had a whole lot to worry about during the pandemic are just cheering you guys on and staying hunkered down and, you know, going out to Italian restaurants and just helping out as much as we can. So God bless you all. God bless the United States of America. Now, Charlie, I assume you filled that blank with an interesting story about American history. I filled about half of it. Really? What'd you talk about? I wasn't here. I just sent a special message to everybody out there in, in TV Radio land. land. Yeah. Think about one-to-one -one ratio. Yeah. Okay. I have, uh, <clears throat> this is 365 ketchup, not my preference, but it's what I've got. And then uh -huh. this is Weber's Sandwich Pal Horseradish Sauce. That's the exact one I always get. There you go. I've mixed them together in a little ramekin here. Ooh, pungent scent, to say the least. You must have sliced up a bunch of radishes really fast. I didn't slice up any radishes, but I do have some water crackers, which are about okay. as neutral a flavor as I could come up with on no notice. So I'm going to put one on a water cracker and see how it goes. Um, Charlie, please confirm I'm really doing all this, and I'm going to eat Oh, it. yeah, obviously. I mean, and you know this is exactly what high-paid Madison Avenue executives do all day. Please note I've got a good, healthy amount on there. The cracker yeah. is pretty well covered. Uh, well, I hope it's not too spicy. What do people say? You say bottoms up if it was a drink. What do you say if it's food? Down the gullet. Down the gullet. What do you think? A little spicy? <laughs> the tomato adds nothing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It cuts it a little bit. But there's just a little weird tomato sauce, tomato flavor, and then it tastes like regular horseradish sauce. Huh. Barbecue sauce could like hold its own and achieve some stuff when it's mixed with horseradish. Ketchup can't do anything. Uh, don't do that. That sucks. Barbecue sauce and creamy horseradish is probably the thing. That is how it works sometimes. Sometimes you just you get it on the first draft, and the first one is the one you want. You don't need to branch out and see if ketchup is just as good. I also do, the part of me says that maybe water crackers with weird sauces dipped, wiped on them is not the number one way to figure out what's good. Fries would probably be better. Fries would be better. I didn't have any fries laying around in the kitchen, though. I just had yeah. water crackers. Well, I think that's been a hugely successful segment. Um, I also will credit you. That conversation led us to a place. Thank you for inspiring a... Uh, I'll count that as a segment on the podcast. This is a new rule I've established. Everyone who comes on the podcast has to give me an idea for a future segment that I and I can either do that on a new on a future podcast or the one we're in. And this is retroactive, so you also owe me ideas for every time you've ever been on. So you can just email me those whenever. Okay, good, excellent. Okay, um, as you may know, and as sharp-eared listeners will certainly know, we have a new semi, well, it's entirely recurring, but it's semi-regular segment 
uh, in which we discuss a grocery store cookie of some kind. And Charlie, you're in luck. The cookie we're going to discuss today, and one of the things we can discuss is, is this even a cookie? Animal crackers. Oh, man. What do you think of animal crackers? That's like a treat for a fucking street urchin from the 1910s who... It's going to be his last meal or something. Agreed completely. It's going to be his last meal because he eats them. He's going to eat them and be like, you know what? This world holds nothing for me. What am I doing here? It's time to go, friend. <laughs> I was going to get on the next train out of town, but now I'm going to get under the next train out of town. <laughs> uh, yeah, why do animal crackers? Fucking terrible. Why do we subject children? I mean, I, 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 children don't want these, obviously. Uh, sometimes they ice them. A little bit, but that's, to me, first off, then it's an actual cookie. That's something else. That doesn't count. That's not part of our discussion here. Also, they use the worst icing imaginable. I don't know why anybody thinks that's going to be good. But, yeah, it's insane that this is still a thing. We could make any cookie we wanted to into an animal shape. If that's all we need, if that is what the kids are impressed by, make them a real cookie that someone might like to eat in the shape of a stupid elephant. I also do not believe that kids are very excited about, like, oh, this kind of looks like a lion, but not even really. Why do you think animal crackers continue to hold sway in the cookie market of today? It is so baffling that the only thing I can even imagine is that they legitimately have a patent that they could sue somebody else if they just made a line of random animal-shaped crackers that tasted better. <laughs> I like, I like the idea that this is unfair competition. Their product is much better than ours. We can't make a good product. Can you please stop everyone else from having good products? If no one's going to buy our shit if they can get something good instead, please stop them. I mean, can you think of any other reason that, like, basically hardtack shaped into animal <laughs> shapes could still be on the market? I really don't know. Um... I assume it's just really old people confusedly buying them for children. But how can that be sustaining? How can, like, and these are in, like, every store. Like, you always see them. Who is buying these ever? Yeah. When is the last time you ate an animal cracker? Probably when I was a kid. I kind of remember eating them in lunches in, like, elementary school sometimes. But it wasn't like a staple. I definitely didn't eat them all the time. Um, unless somebody at some random point in the future after that, like in college, had bought some for some reason. I like ate some, you know, while studying or something like that. I, I don't, But I don't know. I might have blocked it out of my memory. Well, that's true. I mean, the most forgettable cookie. Like, for all we know, we had, had them yesterday. And they just, you know, fell out <laughs> of our brains instantly. It was like, it was like, oh, when's the last time you had air? Always or never, I don't even know. I, yeah. I guess maybe it happens. Um, yeah, I also, like, the answer can't be I haven't had an animal cracker when I was eight, since I was eight. But I, I sure don't know when else I've had one. If someone put one in front of me, I wouldn't want it. Right. Um, part of me does think that maybe animal crackers exist because some people are very dumb and think they are healthy. Or like a healthy alternative to cookies. I mean, I don't, I don't have the nutrition facts or animal crackers in front of me, but they're not good for you. There's nothing there that helps you. 
and they taste like shit. So I don't know why you're eating them. But maybe they're like, oh, well, these aren't cookies; these are crackers. And but well, they're terrible, and they're obviously still bad for you. You could definitely get some like fiber bar, protein bar that tastes way better, and actually is like a good nutrition profile. Yeah, in addition to actually putting something in your body that like will help you be alive, like you'll get protein, those will legitimately taste much, much better than a bland, nothing-ass animal cracker. Uh, the one other, th- the one other angle I had on animal crackers here is I do think they have value in one way, and that if I was walking down the street and I saw somebody just eating animal crackers, I would be very scared of them. Like that would like it, it could be it could be anyone. It could be like like a nineteen tens drifter looking guy, or it could be like a fancy banker in a suit, or anybody. If I saw him, like that red box eating the animal crackers, I'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Obvious terrorist. Something's up. We got. I got to take this guy down. So, like, the only thing I can like even imagine if I saw a fancy banker eating animal crackers on the street is that it's definitely like an alien from Men in Black. <laughs> And they need, like, sawdust to live, and it's, like, the best source of it. Or, like, all those, you know, soft sci-fi movies love to do the thing where they're like, oh, well, you know, these are the original broadcasts the aliens got, so this is what they know about us. Maybe the aliens were watching us in 1910. I'm like, oh, the number one food treat in the land, animal crackers. I want to blend in. I got to eat animal crackers on Earth. So they get down here and like, oh, fancy an animal cracker full of all your favorite pets. And they like don't really get the concept, don't know what it is. Say there, Sammy. Fancy a giraffe? (laughs) 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 Animal crackers, major scam. So uh, this is just in general... I think uh, as we go forward with this segment, I want to start talking to people. Are there grocery store cookies you do give a shit about? Or is it just, I, obviously animal crackers, bottom of the barrel. But are there, and I mean like this, not, not like you go back into the, you're at a good grocery store and you go into the back bakery section and they got fancy cookies they made there. I'm talking about the cookie aisle in the grocery store. Do you, do you care about any of that? Is any of it any good to you? I'm just so not a dessert cookie sweet snacks fan i'm like i'm gonna go into the if you send me in the cookie aisle i'm gonna try to come back with cheez its <laughs> but like if i had to pick i guess like the kind of chewy type cookies i like better like i don't know if that's if chips ahoy has chewy ones or if it's a different brand or like toll house maybe if there's like already made toll house cookies um but something chewy that you can dip in milk would be the most fun thing i think I think that's a good inclination. I agree uh, wholeheartedly that if you're getting into the Chips Ahoy realm, you're going to want the chewy ones that everything else can basically fuck off. And also, honestly, the chewy ones can fuck off too. But if you if you got to have some, that's the way you want to go. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's your uh, Cheez-Its preference? Um, just, just because I want to eat a bunch of them. I, lately, I always just get the like reduced fat Cheez-Its, so there's a few less calories. But... Uh, I've, like, been unimpressed with the, like, white cheddar ones and stuff. So just, like, the regular ones, I think, are the best. I I like the spicy ones. I think those are very good. But I agree completely that, like, when cheese it rolls in and they're like, oh, these are Italian cheese and these are, these are Parmesan. And, like, I think these other flavors are not getting me anywhere. 
Yeah. I am never like, oh, now cheese. Like, it's cheese it with a Z on purpose. I don't need to hear about what region this uh, cheese that went into these crackers happens to come from. I think OG Cheez-Its are where it's at. Doritos has done a good job of finding real paths forward in snacking technology. <laughs> Cheez-Its isn't doing it. They, they just need to stick to their shit. And, and their shit is really good. They should be pleased. I guess I guess it's always a thing where they're wanting to branch out and they want more shelf space, so they have to have more products. I have, have you ever had, I think it's Cheez-Its that does, they do one of those snack mixes where there's a bunch of pretzels and shit in there too. You ever Probably. Have that? All those things always look so good and it never really works. And I, I find myself, I'm throwing the bag away uh, several days later because I let it get stale because I wasn't as excited about the fact that there's like a sun chip and a pretzel and some weird <laughs> little roll thing. It's like, I these actually aren't any good. I might as well not. I was starting to say I might as well be eating animal crackers, but I shouldn't lie. That's wrong. I was definitely better off than if I was eating animal crackers. But Now, have you ever had cheese nips? Not a long time. Um, and I, I honestly would struggle. I think I have an idea in my head of the difference. Now, they, they, these are very similar to Cheez-Its, correct? They are like a way shittier, drier version that's shaped like a triangle instead of a square. I couldn't have even told you the triangle. Um, I'm pretty sure. I do remember. I remember them seeming inferior, and I, I remember them having like a more subtle, softer taste than like the big cheese punch you get from a cheese it. And yeah, I, and I don't think that's salty. Okay, that that makes sense too. Yeah, I don't think I I I don't think I need any cheese nips. Um, I, I like it though when there are two prominent brands that are basically the same, but then everybody takes a side. Yeah, and I, I'm as guilty of it as anyone. Um, are you? Well, I guess we were getting too far into treats here for you, since you've explicitly said from the very top of the show it's not your thing. Do you, are you a licorice fan at all, though? Uh, I really don't like licorice. Don't like licorice at all. I'm okay with some Twizzlers, but like, not licorice. Fair. Um, do you like black licorice? Anything? I don't think so. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I don't think I like stuff with. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, absinthe in it. As we discussed with the horseradish, that is another very overpowering flavor that once that gets in there, that's what you're going to be tasting. Right. Um, I kind of feel like I would like, I think I want to try black licorice something again. I want to, I want to test my, uh, flavor palette as I continue to advance in life and get better at things. And I wonder if I would come around on it yet. I remember thinking it was literally the worst flavor I had ever had when I was a kid. And so disgusting. My grandpa really liked black licorice and things like that. But uh, I've always found it vile. But part of me, I, I think I want to try it again. I think I'm going to get back in there. Did your grandpa smoke? No. Um, didn't, well, wait, I say that he didn't, he didn't smoke by the time I was around, but I believe he did smoke when he was, uh, younger, but I think like he quit in like the eighties. I think that it might be a worthy study to figure out what flavors were able to be staple flavors that fell out of favor after smoking declined in the U S that's a great point. Maybe if you blow out all your taste buds smoking, you don't give a shit. You're like animal crackers, whatever. I just need, I just want calories in my mouth. 
I like the way it crunches when I chew. I'll have them. I can't taste anything anyway. <laughs> well, it might not be a complete COVID <laughs> destruction of your taste buds, <laughs> but more like if you get used to liking the taste of cigarettes, which obviously tastes like cigarettes, which is a thing people say when something tastes like garbage, mm-hmm. but you get to the point where you change your taste buds to like that flavor, then you might like something like black licorice, which also tastes like garbage. I like this theory. I think I'm going to give you credit for inspire. So I said before, I need an email with a topic idea for every time you've ever been on the show, but I'm going to give you an extra credit because I like, I'm going to pursue black licorice. Okay. I think so. You can count up how many times you've been on and then sub- subtract one for ideas. Um, Charlie, we have time for just one more segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? So I think Dave Artman started this when he messaged everyone and said, does anybody want to play chess here? Here's my like username on chess.com. And we played like one and a half games and then he totally fucking ghosted my ass. But I've been playing chess like crazy on there ever since, which is weird because I haven't played chess since like, I don't know, when I regularly played chess last, like. 10 years ago on chess.com on an app for like a couple months. But I've gotten so interested in it because people are like talking about it online and like tr- like minor celebrities playing in tournaments and stuff. I saw somebody on Twitch getting, it was like a pro poker player getting a chess lesson and stuff to play in some like amateur tournament. So I've been like watching YouTube videos on chess basics and trying to like get good at it again. So I want everyone to start playing chess so they'll play with me. It, it sounds extremely fun. I've been playing some chess. Uh, Charlie is a lot better than me. Uh, so we haven't played yet. I have a goal for what I want to achieve in chess before I am allowed to play against Charlie, but I will achieve this goal, and then uh, Charlie can absolutely murderate my face. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun, and you can get on there. They can look through all... I, I, I know there's chess.com, which obviously you should use because that's what Charlie is on. And... You can review all your games, and you can see all the shit you should have done, and it'll teach you. And you get the subscription to get like unlimited review and uh, puzzles and stuff is very inexpensive if you get serious about it and want to want to keep doing. It. I think I think is an excellent plug, and it's a, it's a great hobby. One thing I like about it is I play I play some chess, and I it, I love the extent to which it really requires my complete focus. You might be good enough that you can just like half-ass and kind of watch, but I have, I can't have any sound or anything before like my faculties fall apart, and so I like having something that I am so completely focused on, and that is also still pleasurable for me. It's not like oh, I'm doing this shitty thing for work I have to focus on and I'm hating it. It's I'm focusing my attention completely on trying to have fun playing this game, which is. Uh, not what I'm usually doing. Usually I'm doing three things at once and like, oh, I'll put a podcast on, play some video games and whatever, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is a very different thing, and you think about it in a different way. And I also think it makes my brain work better. So lots of good reasons to play chess. It's a, it's a great plug. Uh, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have had an excellent time. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Best wishes in the interview. Thanks.